Welcome to the Deep Dive into Agile Marketing Podcast with your host, John Cass. Together, we'll take a closer look at the ins and outs of marketing through an agile lens. You'll learn from interviews with top agile thought leaders and practitioners and gain fresh new insights for your journey. Let's get ready to dive in. Welcome to the Deep Dive into Agile Marketing with John Cass. I'm your host, John Cass, here in Boston, Massachusetts. Today, I'll be interviewing Peter Eccleston, Global Product Marketing Director, Radiology IT at GE Healthcare. Welcome, Pete. Hi, John. Thank you for having me and appreciate being able to be here and talk to you and your listeners. Oh, absolutely. And and thank you so much for supporting the uh, the Boston Agile Marketing Meetup uh, for uh, so many years as well. I remember that you were a regular attendee when I used to hold those meetings on a regular basis. Yeah, that's right. And I do miss those. Those are very valuable, especially getting together and sharing ideas with your peers. Yes, I think it was. Uh, I think it was great, and uh, you know, we should uh, we should think about doing some virtual events. But let's let's uh, first let's set the context for our listeners with respect to the various marketing roles at a, a very large company like GE Healthcare. Can you tell us about the various types of marketing functions and roles there, as well as your role in the organization? Sure, that's a great idea, especially because uh, GE Healthcare is a huge company. A uh, good number of divisions and product lines within those, so it's uh, it's always confusing to somebody, you know, what what we mean by marketing. So roughly, we have uh, a corporate marketing that oversees a cohesive brand and investor-focused messaging. Then, then at a more localized marketing teams that are closer to the products. So for corporate, we essentially have brand, public relations, marcom events, and those are sort of how the the, the three main functions. And they'll operate to do what they need to do for whatever uh, objectives they have, but they'll also interface with the, the more localized teams and synchronize uh, across those teams. So at the product line, we have uh, what you would traditionally think of as Marcom, marketing communications, which also handle events, and then field marketing, or sometimes called revenue marketing, and they run tactics and campaigns. And then we have product marketing where I sit, and I think all your listeners no, product marketing is that function which sits uh, between uh, product and engineering, sales, as well as the other types of marketing teams. So the product marketing role that I and my colleagues are in are, are very much what you would expect. But also for all the uh, all these product lines or divisions, there's regional as well as global roles. So uh, product marketing, as you would expect, oversees the research, works with the product managers on their roadmaps, launches new products into market and generates both revenue, marketing, and sales enablement. And that includes brochures, presentations, webinars, videos, speaking engagements, and so forth. Great, great. And what about your role in the organization? Sure. We, where I sit is at the, the global product marketing level. So I have responsibility for a product lines. And in my case, it's radiology IT products. Those are essentially the radiology type viewers, um, the, the viewer that you would see your doctor reading off of if you went in for some sort of imaging as well as the uh, imaging storage systems uh, and what they call the enterprise imaging type products, which are collaboration products and, and data sharing and whatnot. And so in a global role, uh, I'm responsible for primarily being the interface of the product teams under strategy and taking products to market and then try to coordinate across all the regional teams to bring those products to market and uh, represent them back at corporate with uh, any uh, issues or needs they, they might see in their regions with their products. 
Great, great. So tell me a little bit about product development there in digital IT. I mean, do you, do your product and engineering teams use Agile? Yeah, so we do, but in reality, it's it's difficult. Fundamentally, we create medical products, and these are heavily regulated and such uh, as because of that, they need to be, there's, there's numerous and very well-defined processes and documentation milestone requirements on uh, the, the release of any product. So what this means is that there's a rigorous multi-step process used to both create as well as bring a product to market. And that's essentially a waterfall process. We refer to this process internally as our phased release discipline. But within that, the product engineering teams do try to layer on an agile-like process to create and groom backlog, to do prioritization of the backlog, and then to burn down those backlog with development sprints. But um, at the end of the day, it's release-gated and very much a waterfall. Well, let me dive in a little bit deeper. So if the product releases follow the PRD process, a waterfall approach, how does that affect marketing's activities or, or instance, you know, do you need to follow a waterfall approach or, or, you know, can you actually use Agile? Well, it's essentially a similar situation with, with how product and engineering uh, need to operate. So product marketing utilizes a new commercial activation process that's also waterfall. It's a waterfall methodology that's synchronized with the product and engineering phase release discipline. So at each milestone that the the product team has, we have a corresponding marketing milestones and they basically support those product uh, development milestones, such as providing research for decisions, and the creation of business plans, uh, gathering outcome evidence to initially assure that the product is performing as it's intended or designed to, and so forth. But many of those tasks and milestones either directly or indirectly support the commercialization process. And therefore, similar to the phase release discipline for the creation of products, our new commercial activation is essentially waterfall. It's got those stages and those gates that you move through. Um, That's not to say that one can't employ Agile. In fact, many of the projects, such as outcomes generation, is repetitive. So it can be carried out in sprints or what you might think of as sprints. For instance, you first create a set of assumptions about the outcomes that your solution might be providing for the customer. Then you do qualitative research. Then you might follow that up by quantitative research. And then finally, you might end with some affinity testing. And all these can be done in very manageable chunks or sprints. And you could have in each, you could have a retrospective at the end and and you need to, right? So first you do your qualitative research, you follow up with a retrospective to see, okay, what did you get? Did you get what you expect? Do you need to tweak that at all? And then you go on to the next one, which would be the quantitative phase. Another example are Marcom programs, for instance, not too unlike your podcasts, we're currently creating a series of coffee break style video casts to educate our customers. And we do these at the pace of about one a month for a few of the product lines and each video cast you can think of as a release um, and the creation of the release has several well-defined sprints. Well, I suppose maybe the the ability to innovate within those podcasts means that, you know, you can have, ask different questions or uh, structure them in different ways. So recently, for example, on our podcast with uh, a past person that I interviewed, we went back and we started asking questions around the um, the Agile Marketing Manifesto v- uh, values. And that actually turned out to be a really good uh, approach. But So do you have, you know, you have that framework that you have to work within on the waterfall approach, but do you have, you know, what's the sort of level of flexibility there uh, within those uh, elements? Yeah, understand. 
your point there. Well, so so you do learn. You do a sprint and you learn. You either did way more than you expected, so you might reduce the amount of story points going forward for for some of the activities, or vice versa. You need to downscope uh, because there was just too you you tried to do too much in too short a time. So it is useful because then you could sort of improve those programs going forward. You don't need to chunk out eight things all at once. You do them um, as a series of releases, and you sort of improve along the way. Is that that kind of get at what you were asking? Oh, yes, Pete. Thank you. Thank you. So one of the main tenets of agile marketing is to focus on customer value and business outcomes. Do you do you see this at GE Healthcare? And if so, how do you ensure there is a, a marketing focus on this? Yeah, really important question. Our, our entire new commercial activation process is based on the creation of customer value, um, specifically tangible, quantified outcomes for our healthcare customers. Um, our new commercial activation process can actually be looked at as a process that brings outcomes to the market, not something that's been, been designed to bring products or features to market. So we look to deliver this value in, in, in one or more of three um, fundamental areas, operational, clinical, and financial. So for example, one of the first milestones in our new commercial activation process is called value drivers. And it's kicked off with a cross-functional workout that includes, includes representatives from product engineering services, sales, marketing, global research teams. And it's, it also includes customer representation. So very much a, a mixed uh, team, uh, not too unlike a scrum in, in an agile process. Although in this case, it's brought together for that one purpose of the, the, the creation of the values. So the artifact of that workout is a, is a very clear, concise definition of our target market, target personas, and at least one compelling, compelling and competitively differentiated value driver for each. This workout also defines how we how we'll measure what we're delivering this value, both qualitatively as well as quantitatively, such as through customer testing, the research studies, and, and the like. Right. Our pre-release milestones include testing that we've accomplished for this value creation with beta customers. And then finally, in the go-to-market, our Marcom tools and programs are all based on this work, such as value driver statements, ROI calculators, testimonials, and so forth. So yeah, we're, the outcomes is, is very much a, a core of, of all those processes. So even though those processes might be you know, at the 10,000-foot level waterfall, you know, very much at each, each one of those steps, uh, very focused on, on uh, what we're delivering. One of the questions you'd mentioned personas and so forth. I was just curious to know: Do you do retrospectives and go back and sort of say, "Oh, you know, does the persona need we we learned something this time around? We need to update it." Is that like an ongoing process, or um, is it well, is it static? No, it is. Although it's not as it's not as baked in as it, as it would be traditionally in a, maybe a, a formal agile process. So one of the milestones that you need to go through in a new commercial activation process here is a very well-defined personas because you want to know, like, who is this product for is, or solution? Is it for everybody or is it for a certain set? And then who do you message and what does that messaging have to be? So very, you know, very traditional type of marketing stuff. But we release it with a certain set of assumptions and then we start to bring it to market and we start to sell it. But then we do have a miles, the next milestone um, is a retrospective to see, okay, um, how are we doing with those initial customers? Um, are they getting the value that we perceived? Are they seeing different value? Are we messaging in the right way? Uh, are, we, we, are we addressing the right market segments? And, 
at that stage, you can tweak, but then you sort of go into now mass market. And usually you don't tweak it too much after it's mass market. So it's it's not a repetitive thing, but there, yeah, there are steps that are built in to our processes that do ensure that we do those retrospectives and we get a chance to tweak. At the campaign level, yeah, it goes on all the time. Again, a little more ad hoc. We'll do a series of tactics for a campaign. We'll look at the, the numbers. We do everything in Marketo, so it's very easy to keep track of how things are performing and, and get data. That's great. So you mentioned to me that marketers who find themselves in an unagile organization can use agile marketing even with a team of one. Can you, can you explain what you meant by this? Sure. So I've already described that our marketing process is essentially waterfall, but each year we create an integrated marketing plan and that connects uh, Marcom, product marketing and field marketing across the global regions. And in that plan, we start with our top three to five priorities for the year. Then each region and each function derives their top three to five priorities in support of those. So you could take a year long view and say, you're gonna deliver these things by the end of the year to the organization. And that might be considered a waterfall approach for your, your marketing activities. But you can also take a week long view or two week view and consider these sprints. So each week, for instance, I have a sprint planning process uh, with myself and map out the two to three most important things I can accomplish or deliver in that week that gets me, that, that supports the uh, uh, accomplishment of, the, of my main priorities. And it has to be an actual delivery, such as recording a customer testimonial or completing a draft of the testimonial, certifying and releasing that testimonial. And it has to be black and white. It has to either be done or not. And I don't actually make them up each week. Um, I have a backlog. So at the start of the year, when I get those top priorities, I break them down into tactics, programs, and other type of sub-activities, not too unlike a traditional project plan. Then I map those accomplishments against, I, I map the milestones for the accomplishments or the planned ones against you know, all that I can do based on factors such as do they support commercial activation milestone, a trade show, a marketing campaign, et cetera. That kind of anchors them on the calendar for the year. And that becomes my backlog. So each week I have a mini retrospective with myself on how my the previous week went. Did I get it? Did I accomplish those things? And did I reprioritize as needed? Decide what's in the next week's marketing sprint. And this is important. I block time on my calendar so that I have protected time that I'll use to work on these activities. You know, applying a term from personal finance, I call this paying myself first. That is, I take a certain percentage of my time for the week and dedicate it to accomplishing that week's sprint. And so this is prioritized over anything else for the week, any meeting, any other request, uh, and so on. And then um, if any of your readers uh, have read or, or are familiar with uh, a book called The Four Disciplines of Success or 4DX, this is going to sound very familiar to them. It's mainly that I'm employing this at a, the agile techniques at a personal level as our organization as a whole doesn't use agile. So my organization might not be agile, but I can be. Have you gone through the process of using that method and then describing to your colleagues what you do? And if so, has it influenced them in any way? It is. You know, one of the things that we're encouraged to do is, uh, you know, be mentors. So had people come to me and ask me about time management or just how do you how can I be successful at accomplishing more or being perceived as accomplishing more because that's pretty important, right? And so yes, yeah, so I've explained these techniques help them and to some degree they've been you know adopted or personalized at that level. I think given that GE is so big and vast, getting them adopted at a broader level it's would be difficult. So this grounds up kind of a root level approach is sort of the best I've been able to accomplish for now. 
Can you describe scenarios in your work that have been challenging for using agile marketing methods? <laughs> yeah, well, it's always challenging and let's say maybe tempting to be interrupt driven, right? To stop work and respond to an email, uh, take a last minute meeting that's coming or be pulled into something which looks to be important, right? But that you didn't intend to, to spend time on um, or you didn't plan for. But if you pay yourself first each week, you've compensated for that. So you've built time in your schedule to handle the, um, you know, what the 40X process calls the whirlwind, but you still move forward towards your goals. And also when, you, when you're agile and others aren't, that can be a little challenging or tricky too, because you can easily put the same expectations on others that you're putting on yourself. And over time, I, I learn who responds quickly and who needs prompting and so forth. And I, then I use this information in my sprint setting for the week. Um, I can, you know, you kind of think, you, you kind of use those to weigh in the story points. That is, if one of my goals for the week is to accomplish something and I know I need someone else's assistance or input on that, I can weigh that in. Um, and if, if um, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if they're an eagle and they always get things done quickly and respond quickly, the story points uh, are going to be lower for accomplish, accomplishing that activity. Um, however, if they're, say, sort of more on the sluggish side, those story points are going to be higher meaning more effort is going to be needed on my part. Makes sense? Absolutely. Absolutely, Pete. So what advice do you give to other marketing leaders in adopting Agile uh, for marketing, and especially in the instance where, um, because of the constraints of, of a highly regulated industry, uh, having to use a uh, waterfall framework? Well, I would say... You know, even if your organizations or peers aren't, you can. And I hope I provided some examples for that. But that, and I think we're all motivated to do our best and to do more and to go fast. And, you know, certainly, you know, with no shortage of pressures on, on our time uh, these days, right? But if you use an agile process, you've got sort of um, an inspection methodology that you can see how you're doing. Because it's it's easy to start off the year with really great intentions and a great plan and then, you get off track and then you don't realize you're off track and then you're mid-year and you're like, whoa, what happened, right? So the first, the, the thing is, you know, whatever you put in place, make sure that you've got inspection points, you know, you're, you're regularly looking in. And then I'll, I'll just say again, uh, the importance of really blocking your time um, and also making it easy for yourself to use the time you've got effectively, Like right? Like one of the things I do is make sure that at the end of the day, I've gone through my email so that there's no email in my inbox other that that wouldn't fit on one page because I you know what I try to do is if I touch an email I have one of three rules I either respond and do something with it or I file it and or I just delete it and I'm not going to respond and you 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 got to have some strict rules for yourself to get through that because otherwise you'll just find yourself drowning unless you're fortunate enough to be in a situation where you know have a lot of that going on so good time management making sure you got an introspective introspection method, then also experimenting because that's also part of the agile process. Don't be afraid to experiment. Don't be afraid to encourage others to experiment as well. I mean, the, you come up with a great idea. The worst that can happen is somebody says no. Thank you, Pete. This has been a great uh, conversation uh, and also I think an interesting perspective. I really appreciate it. You're quite welcome, John. Nice to speak to you again. And as I say, I hope your readership values these conversations and would be great to hear from some of them as well as to how they're doing with these techniques. Absolutely. So thanks for joining us on the deep dive into Agile Marketing with John Cass. My thanks to Pete and we'll see you next time.
Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Deep Dive into Agile Marketing Podcast. Be sure and subscribe to our show and leave a review to let us know what you thought of today's episode. And if you like what you heard and want to learn more, visit www.businessagility.institute.